Hey, Hoff. Why don't you? I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Why don't you start the movie, buddy? <laughs> Thank you. Welcome back to another installment of Obscure Chatter. Another solo episode. Aren't you lucky, you old so-and-so? Or maso menos? I don't know. Welcome, I'm Terry Doty, and tonight, I'm saying tonight, it is Saturday night for me, I am watching a movie, does it matter which one? No. But, I'm enjoying it, and it's just a good October thing, like, people are like, oh, finally, you can watch horror movies, and I'm like, um... I'm kind of living my best life uh, as an adult in general, not recently, but we can get into that later. Um, <laughs> where I remember as a kid being into horror films, I'm serious, like being a latchkey kid sometimes had like really weird perks in that nobody's like, hey, you shouldn't be watching this. I'm like, I know it's fake. Leave me alone. I need to see what this brain surgeon that's trying to open, you know, the gates to hell is up to poking around in this brain Um, at like fucking 10. (laughs) But I remember saying I am going to watch horror movies all the time as an adult. And I've definitely kept my word there. There are times where I will watch horror movies over breakfast, horror movies over lunch, sometimes all day. Oddly enough, on my birthday, it was a very horror-free day. I mean, not blood-free, because, I mean, it was a Keanu day. So John Wick had to be a part of that. Um, And Constantine, and I forget what else. But, um, so when people say, like, oh, hey, it's spooky season, you know, yeah, I actually try to <laughs> try to go out of my way to watch things that I don't watch all the time, which is rare. So for me, Halloween is the entire month of October and the first two days of November. What? Um, And it's watching a little something or reading a little something. And that's uh, definitely been a theme with uh, social media posts, especially on TikTok, which if you don't follow me, at T-Dotally, and I've been watching a lot of Tales from the Crypt. Um, the old school Tales from the Crypt. As a matter of fact, today I got my first, uh, like, violations from TikTok as far, they're like, hey, why did you think you could post, you know, Bill Paxton getting his leg shot off? I'm like, I don't know, but I hear you. (laughs) So, um, guys, I really hope that you're listening to this and some semblance of good is in your life. For me, um, I've been very open on different aspects of social media, but if you don't follow me uh, on any of that, that's totally fine. Um, But it's been a bit of a mixed bag, and and, uh, we've talked about that before. Um, But a really good thing that's happened since the last episode is uh, a dog that I mentioned in the last one uh, has now become a permanent fixture of the Dodioff household. Uh, Willow, we call her Willow Three Bean Casserole Dodioff. I have no idea why. But uh, Willow came to us from a family 
Um, a very adorable uh, couple, Matt and Lauren. And Willow was one of three dogs. And just in the last year, Willow got very aggressive with the other two, which just kind of came out of nowhere because they'd had Willow for two years by this point. Um, so with, uh, on top of that, uh, with them expecting their first child, they were just kind of at their wits end, you know, they were tetrising animals around and, uh, you know, with the pandemic, Lauren's working from home and, you know, girl needs to be as calm as humanly possible before, you know, the baby comes so they were really, uh, but they were also very, they clearly very much cared about Willow. So um, they'd had a couple of meetings with Will, but Will is very much like our previous dog, Zoe, in that she hates every other animal that isn't a human being. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need, if you're another dog, you need to back the fuck away. If you're a squirrel, I'll murder you. If you're a possum, I'll murder you. Which she tried to do the second night we had her. Um, but, yeah. Uh, we met up with Lauren and Matt uh, in their house. Um, it was so weird to meet two people and go into their house wearing masks and being awkward and see this, like, spazzy dog that's like, Whoa, people, what's going on? And... Yeah, she <laughs> uh she was just a big ball of energy and Steven and I like kinda couldn't get over the fact that she looked a lot like Zoe and then we were like, Oh, but is that a bad thing? You know, you don't like we're not trying to replace Z. Z is definitely um irreplaceable. But uh we had talked about it because there was um a moment for the first couple of weeks without Z where we're like, I don't know if we'll be ready to have a an animal, uh, you know, again in the next one, two, maybe three years. Like, Zoe was such a big deal. But then it just felt weird and kind of, like, dishonoring Z in a way. And then we, yeah, we got word of, about Willow. And once we really got to know Lauren and Matt, uh, we met with them once. And then they came over about a week later to our house. And they actually, they did what I think I would do if I'd been in their situation. They really scoped out our place and asked us a lot of questions like, how would you handle Willow in this situation? Uh, how would you, um, like, they checked out the, like, the the strength of our fence. Uh, they wanted to know about the neighbors the other dogs in the area. And then um, we we um, decided, uh, we all came inside after being outside and decided like, yeah, let's do this. And the next day, uh, they brought over like a treasure trove of stuff, including a crate, which we don't uh, really like crating animals. But I think crating makes sense for some people. Uh, it just doesn't make sense for us. Um, but we had that option. And Willow immediately started watching, you know, freaking Discovery Channel with us and uh, got used to our stuff quite, uh, quite well. I mean, she's a great alarm clock. If your alarm clock goes off uh and you're not awake willow will take care of that but it's a it's a great time it's been a nice little comfort in a sea of 
bullshit. And I'm going to be 100% real with you guys. I am drinking a beer. It's a Deep Ellum company. It's a beautiful Blondale in a giant stein. So you're going to probably hear me burp. And you're welcome. Sorry for turning you on so much. <laughs> uh, but let's see what else. Uh, and then, okay, we had talked about uh, in the last episode, I always like to talk to you guys like we're going over something for final exams. <laughs> now, what did we discuss last time, class? I've never had that teacher ever. Um, had that sub that thought they were really going to turn things around. And then, you know, like by week two of like, oh, never mind. Just do your homework and leave me alone. Um, but uh, I had mentioned that my grandmother had passed away from COVID, which, you know, just saying that for some people can set them off. And like, well, she didn't die from COVID. She died from this. Um if that's what you think, I, uh, I really don't know how to talk to you. Um, but we can move on from that. But uh, I had also mentioned that I'm estranged from my family. So there was this big, like, confusion on how to feel. And then I kind of felt numb to it. And then a little bit after the last episode... Um, a, one of my cousins reached out and was like, Hey, just to let you know... Uh, my grandmother passed away in May, uh, but because of the pandemic, they'd postponed doing a memorial. Like, hey, just to let you know, um, we're doing a memorial now, which is a which actually happened today. And I, I, I wrestled with it for a while, and unfortunately, I'm sure some of you can relate to this, where you want to join in in remembering somebody, even if your relationship with them could have been a bit complicated. I find I have found in the past that funerals and memorials and wakes aren't for um, necessarily just the person that passed, but the, per the people that they're leaving behind. And, uh, you know, like there was a, a friend of mine who passed away and uh, I, I hadn't planned on going this was forever ago, and I happened to had briefly dated his brother. So his brother, you know, is just kind of numb. But he looked up as I was sitting down and came over to me. And for some reason, seeing me is what kind of snapped him out of something. And, uh, you know... There's just a power to memorials in that way where I had been kind of like numb to it as well. And that kind of broke me too. Um, and then I was able to remember all the good things that I'd kind of just put the back of my mind about this amazing person that was no longer with us. So coming back to my grandmother's passing, there was a while there where I lived with my grandmother as a kid. And... um uh, it wasn't an easy time. I, I didn't see my mother for almost a full year. And, you know, 
you remember the bad stuff as a kid. You're like, oh, I can't go, I can't go out at night with my friends because my grandma can't drive at night. <laughs> or, uh, you know, um, like, hey, grandma, I want to go to Blockbuster um, because, you know, you don't have cable. Can I please go to Blockbuster and rent Jaws? And she's like, no, not today. <laughs> we are going to watch uh, Marimar and then you are going to leave me alone. <laughs> Like, that sounds good. Uh, I'll just listen to Selena tapes in my room. Uh, I say that like it's a bad thing. Selena was awesome. Still is. She's Beyonce before she was, before there was a Beyonce, to quote uh, America Ferrera and Superstore. But, you know, I don't really talk a lot to uh, really any family members. So it was kind of cool to catch up with a cousin and it's like, well, just to let you know, you know, it would be great to see you. And you're, I'm to this day, I or to this day. This is like a week ago, a week, two weeks ago uh, that he told me about this. I'm still torn on whether or not I made the right decision, but uh, I, I said, I didn't think it was a good idea for a bunch of us all to get together right now even for a memorial. Um, and he, he so understanding. Um, it's like, yeah, dude, I get it. And, and that's when he admitted to me that him, his girlfriend, and uh, everybody else in the house had uh, were still just now recovering from COVID. I'm like, okay, I, I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse. Um, this is in West Texas. And so, you know, I started weighing, like, budgeting, you know, when it's a funeral or something like that, you kind of have to weigh how frugal you really want to be. Like, do you really want to be like, no, I didn't go to grandma's funeral because it was going to cost a lot to get there and back and get a hotel and blah, blah, blah. No, I was like, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's totally fine. Doable. I'll just get a new outfit and blah, blah, blah. But then I started, like my obsessive compulsive disorder started kicking in. I'm like, hey, you're going to have to get gas at least once on the way there, at least once on uh, while you're in town, at least once on the way back. That's uh, that's too many variables right there. And then you're going to go to the hotel. Like, which hotel? Like, I don't see enough notifications on these four hotels that you've starred to... And it just became this, like... I looked at my husband. I'm like, hey, can I vent to you for a second? And I explained to him, I'm like, there is this option. There's this option. What should I do? And he did the perfect best friend thing, which is I can't decide that for you, (laughs) which is really fucking frustrating, but also the totally right move in that moment. It's like, I cannot make that decision for you. You have to make that decision. And so at one point, I'm like, I'm going. And he went, good for you. And then a few hours later, I'm like, I, I can't. I just can't. Um, I'm also recording a bunch of places, and that seems so selfish, but it's like, I can't risk getting sick. I can't. You know, I've had other voice actor friends of mine talk about it, and I'm like, uh, and then just on top of that, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's that thing where people are like, it's not that big a deal anymore. And I'm like, it clearly is. What it is, is that we've got, we've gotten bored with it. 
it it was just hey, we've been talking about this for six chapters. Can we get to the next obstacle in the book? Whatever happened to the murder bees, murder hornets? Uh, whatever happened with this, that? Like, I... <sighs> so, in the end, obviously, because I'm recording here in my home in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and not in West Texas, I decided against it. And I actually did this stupid thing where there was this movie that for some reason, when I watched it with my grandmother, she tore it apart. She was very much mystery science theater, except in Spanish. And it was X-Men. It was the first X-Men when we're like, what? We're going to get a live action X-Men? What? She was so confused by so many aspects of the film, uh, especially Wolverine for some reason, but also just the way that, uh, like, American vernacular is often very confusing, I've found, for people that speak English as a second language, at least in my experience. I can't speak for everybody. Um, <laughs> so she kind of tore that movie apart. So me remembering how frustrated that was because I am definitely that fangirl dork when it comes to watching a movie. If you're talking during the first viewing of a movie, I hate you. And I am saying that completely hypocritical to the fact that I am talking over a fucking movie right now. I mean, ah! so I watched it. I watched it by myself and I got some barbacoa from this local Latin place that I really like. Um, And barbacoa reminds me of my grandmother because in West Texas, in San Angelo specifically, uh, there was this amazing place where my grandmother would go like at least once a month to get the most ridiculous, spicy barbacoa with like a hundred plus tortillas from uh, this like, family-owned establishment that uh, was so out of the way in San Angelo. So, you know, a place in San Angelo. And it was so sought after that you didn't, if you didn't go early, you just didn't get it. And up until I was an adult, I didn't know that most people didn't eat barbacoa for breakfast, but I did. Barbacoa with some beans, maybe a little bit of egg, maybe a little bit of papas on the side, and it was delicious. And then, side note, on top of that, I found out later that the guy that made this, it was a, it was a recipe that he created that everybody wanted, and he died before he could pass along the recipe. So... I did the best that I could with the local area, and there's a barbacoa uh, that I get from this uh, local chain, uh, Barbacoa Nachos. Had that, watched X-Men, and that was my little... Okay, here we go. And a horchata, because horchata is amazing. Um, and just kind of, like, wrote some stuff out that I remembered from my time living with her, and tried to focus on that. There are obviously negatives. Um, she had a lot of growing to do um, and very, 
very troublesome views at times, but she was aware that they were troublesome, which always, that's always a weird thing about an older generation. Like, hey, so you know that's racist. And they're like, yeah. Like, so you know that's messed up. Yes. But you have to understand. I'm like, no, 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 I don't have to understand that. And uh, you just eventually go like, I don't like what you're saying. Please stop saying that. And then, you know, she doesn't talk to you for the rest of the visit. Uh, but that's where I'm, I'm at, where there's a lot of con- conflicting emotions with that. But then at the same time, I'm doing little things, and I hope you guys are too. At least once a day, I try to hug my husband because there's literally nobody else I can touch right now. Uh, but I hug him just a little tighter, just a little tighter. And those hugs just mean more. And isn't that kind of sad that it took this for me to hug him just a little bit tighter, to appreciate it just a little bit more? But then I've also got Willow, who is a bed hog and keeps farting directly into a fan that is facing me. So (laughs) things are looking up. (laughs) But uh, I, I just try to be grateful for the things that I have. But that doesn't mean everything's roses. You know, obviously, the world's on fire. Specifically, I I live in the United States of America. And that's got a, a lot of drama attached to it, especially right now. Um, only recently have I been going out. I don't know about you guys, but uh, because of my job, like I'm in my home booth and, you know, my dude's recording me, but sometimes I have to record myself or sometimes I still have to go to other studios um, and do zero contact sessions, which is so bizarre. Um, I know so many engineers that hate when actors touch their microphones and now they just have to suck it up and deal with the fact that we have to touch them. (laughs) Like, sorry, I have to set my own mic. Um, Or for me, I had a big freak out earlier this week because there were no gloves. And I was, I can't, I can't touch the microphone stand. I, uh, they're like, don't worry, we cleaned it. I'm like, I don't know you. Like, ha. And had just, I felt like my hand shaking. I'm like, oh my God, I'm only here for 30 minutes. I'm going to die. Um, And then someone came in and was just like, calm down socially distance and just kind of eyeballed my height from six feet away and we worked it out. Uh, God, people have been so patient with other people most of the time. Uh, like I've personally never like haven't seen any in-person like freakouts like a, you should be wearing a mask or anything like that. And I really wish TikTok would stop showing me these videos. Think like I don't want to see it. I just want it to stop happening. My God. Or even tonight, I posted about this just like just before we started recording. But I got beer, which I'm so grateful for right now. I got beer and I had it delivered. Ooh, that's some sexy shit right there. You guys are welcome. The woman needed my ID. And here's a really weird thing that I might have mentioned before, but the shutdown or the state of emergency happened in March. My birthday is at the beginning of April. 
and my license expired. And because of real ID and all this stuff, for some reason, I didn't qualify to be able to do it online. So, uh, the governor um, made sure to say that, hey, even if your license is expired, if it was only expired after such and such date, it's still technically valid. And uh, DoorDash did not get that memo because they wouldn't give me my beer. Uh, they're like, yeah, your your license is invalid. I'm like, no, I... Okay, side note. I fully went to the Department of Public Safety. A lot of people think, uh, at least in t- uh, it's not the deal in Texas. The DMV is not um, licenses here. Uh, that is Department of Public Safety. Um, I went in, and it was, like, the best experience of my life. I swear to God. Um, uh, as far as, like, getting my ID. Let me be clear. I've had a lot of really great memories, and, like, going to get my license renewed is not, like, top 10. Uh, not even top 20, believe it or not. Um, and I go in, you know, uh, it's very hands-off, and they make me take off my glasses because I don't need them for driving yet. Uh, but it's still like, your, your stuff's, uh, your vision's pretty bad, but not like that bad. Here you go. Like that, that's not troubling at all, but okay, cool. And it was the, uh, everybody, all the seats were six feet apart and we were made to sit down. Nobody could just stand. Nobody was encouraged to talk to each other. And you just went when your number was called. But it was my first time really being out, having to interact with people that weren't just me and a clerk and them being really awkward because I was buying tampons and wine and chocolate. Uh, and I wanted to talk to somebody. So I saw that the the clerk that was working with me was wearing a Gilmore Girls mask. I do not watch the Gilmore Girls. People have tried. Many people have tried. And I just don't care for it. But I wanted to talk to somebody, so I put on my I'm fake as shit voice, which, okay, one of my fake as shit voices, like, oh my god, is that a Gilmore Girls mask? And that's when this woman's, like, government, you know, government, like, persona completely melted away. She's like, yes, it is! And then she, like, pulled up her sleeve and she had a a Gilmore Girls tattoo. I didn't know what it was! Oh my god. And she's like, oh my god, and get this, my daughter's name. And I'm like, no, you, it isn't. She's like, it's Lorelai. I'm like, oh my god! (laughs) And I'm like, so you, uh, you watch Supernatural, like Jared Padalecki. She's like, no, I haven't seen it yet. But do you like it? I'm like, love... Love it, especially um, season, uh, at the start of season four when they realize that the demon uh, the demon storyline is a little tired. They do this thing. Oh, my God, you're going to love it. And she's like, I trust you. <laughs> and then she's like, and you know what? You can actually take this door right there. And I, like, turned, and there's just the exit. I'm like, oh, my God, that's the most antisocial exit ever. And she was like, oh, my God, right? And I just left. I basically like skipped to my car. It was the best. It was the best day. Oh, God. Recently. Isn't that sad? Like I've been recording some great stuff that I just can't talk about. But my highlight is like, oh, my God. So it's getting my driver's license renewed. <laughs> uh, yeah, it. 
Anyways, getting back to DoorDash tonight, um, I, my, she wouldn't accept my little piece of paper, so I did the, Stephen, can you please come here and show me your fucking ID? The woman couldn't see the ID. She wasn't wearing glasses or anything like that. She's like, oh, God, I can't see this. And she had, like, her camera light on and everything because they have to scan it. So in order to see better, she took off her mask. And Stephen and I looked at each other like, I want to do the whole, like, hey, put your fucking mask back on. But instead, I just waited because she was holding my beer captive. And when I noted it to DoorDash, they're like, thanks. What else do you want? (laughs) I'm like, I don't care. But I also got ice cream. So I just ate a little more ice cream than I was planning on. And now I'm drinking uh, a beer that I was planning to drink later. And here we are. So, let's see. I feel like I'm forgetting something major. Steven, am I forgetting something? But you get it, right? All right. So, we had a couple of questions sent to us via Twitter. Um, And we also, like, again, we've talked about some drama that's happened and you guys definitely want me to like dish um via email uh, because i do give people the option to email me at perpetuallyoffbeat at gmail.com with questions that they wish to remain anonymous on and anytime i get an email that's a question for the show i know why you want to stay anonymous Um. It's about drama related to friends and their struggles, as well as just people not liking that I am someone that has an opinion that differs from theirs and they lack power and want to and seek to take mine, but (sighs) they can't. Um, Nobody can take your power. Don't let them. Don't even let them think that for a second. You are fucking rock star and i'm basically looking at a compact mirror right now saying this to myself as much as you but um so we're just not even going to talk about it we're not going to talk about it so let's see this first question is from nicole nicole is someone that i've actually really gotten to know very well through tiktok which I'm still getting used to, but it seems that most people just enjoy me talking about horror, so that's definitely going to keep happening. Um, but her and I, uh, she seems to usually be one of the first people to kind of catch up on a Tales from the Crypt episode that I'm recapping. Um, so she says, what's up, Nicole? Hi, hi, hi. Um, she says, since uh, on TikTok, you are doing Tales from the Crypt We want uh, rewatches, uh, which I'm loving, by the way. I'm so glad you are. Um, I would love to know your thoughts on the movie Bordello of Blood. It's been years since I've personally seen it. Definitely was a my dad let me watch it against my mother's wishes movie. I totally understand why. <laughs> it is definitely... One of these movies, and it's Tales from the Crypt kind of fell into this category. Sometimes there were really awesome, well-acted, well-constructed storylines for Tales from the Crypt, and then there was softcore porn. Softcore porn episodes where you're like, 
And I've mentioned this before, but Tales from the Crypt was one of the few shows that my grandmother let me watch that was in English. And for someone who didn't have cable, she clearly stole cable or something because she had like 18 channels. Two of them were Spanish, but one of them was HBO. And I got to, I was allowed to watch, in English, I was allowed to watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but she would leave the room because of reasons. Uh, And um, I was allowed to watch Conan O'Brien, but I was only allowed to watch the opening monologue. Uh, She loved Jay Leno, but I hated Jay Leno. Um, And uh, I was able to watch Tales from the Crypt. And... That was such an odd thing because she would watch them with me too. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's it was anthological and there were storylines that were very telenovela sometimes. But she loved them, so maybe that's kind of just something cerebral that's been going on, and maybe that's one of the reasons I'm watching them. But let me first talk about the wonder that is Tales from the Crypt: Demon Knight. Yeah, that's right. We're going to talk about some horror uh some horror stuff and if you don't like it, I mean, please keep listening because I'm um uh, uh I'm really not that bad, I promise. Let me get some more beer. Mm-mm-mm. But Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight was a film directed by Ernest Dickerson, a cinematographer on Do the Right Thing and he's directed so many things before Tales from the Crypt as well as after. Um, but it was basically kind of like almost Buffy in a way that there is one person that is destined to basically live until destiny decides that their time is through and it's time to pass the torch, um, called a demon knight. And they basically have to keep a key that demons need to open the gates of hell, uh, they keep the key safe. And they don't always do a great job protecting human beings. But the two leads are William Sadler and Billy Zane. And so uh, if you know who one or both of those people are, congratulations. But it's uh, one of Billy Zane's best performances, and I think it's one of his favorite movies that he's ever done. But it's campy. It's still terrifying at times. Dickerson also was just very self-referential and just kind of got what was happening in the horror genre and just the overall zeitgeist. I, he, he, he loved it. He loved the genre, and it showed. And Jada Pinkett, I think that was one of the first things that I ever saw her in. Uh, oh, God, there was another thing. I forget what it was. It was like Jason's something or something heart. Uh, but she's uh, she ends up, you know, becoming a, a much bigger character than what we're led to believe. You know, it's kind of that... Uh, red herring type of thing, that almost Hitchcock type of thing, where you're focusing so much on Janet Lee that you don't realize that Janet Lee isn't going to be the main focus. Um, but uh, Thomas Hayden Church is in it. Uh, the guy who voices Roger Rabbit, uh, I forget what his name is. He's a great character actor and a great voice actor, also. So many people, but it's gory, it's disgusting, it 
you know, it's still got the Crypt Keeper at the beginning. Uh, they definitely ham it up in that Tales from the Crypt style. And <laughs> that I think uh, they were planning on doing uh, another film, maybe even another Demon Knight type of film uh, that I heard had been circulating, but it just didn't work out. But what that did, the success of that did, and it's definitely got a huge cult following now. I I just got it on Blu-ray, and I've already worn out the Blu-ray uh, in the, like, two years since I've had it. Um, it's just so d- goddamn good. I mean, there's still awkward parts, because it wouldn't be a Tales from the Crypt movie without, like, a, oh, why did they do that? <laughs> like, uh fire demon penis (laughs) you know i'm really selling the movie to you i know but bordello of blood came out and of course my kid brain because i believe tales from the crypt came out in 90 uh demon knight came out in 95 and either in 96 or 97 is when bordello of blood came out and i was already turned off it's weird to say that when at the time i was the oldest 12 because uh turned off by the movie because i actually love vampire movies but i just think it's very easy to drive a plot down in a vampire movie if you don't really know the story that you want to tell and um i mean but then you also have to give it the benefit of the doubt because hey it's a tales from the crypt movie it's basically a longer tales from the crypt episode but I couldn't finish it as a kid. Like they uh, forget who rented it for me, and I'm like, I hate this so much. And of course, it's sexy, sexy, sexy. But the big turnoff for me is Dennis Miller. I don't like Dennis Miller. And I heard what was it? He uh, he ad libbed most of his dialogue, and I'm like, well, yeah, it shows. Um, I just I gave up, and um, because we rented it, I think it was my mother. It's like, well, no, Corey Feldman's there because I used to think Corey Feldman was so freaking cool. Um, but it wasn't enough. I couldn't watch it. I just I think it didn't know what it wanted wanted to be. So. That's kind of why, like, if if someone is into it, they definitely watch it for the cult status. Like, I like a lot of good, bad movies. One of my favorite uh, zombie movies of all time is Dead and Breakfast. And for God's sakes, there is a zombie dance number. <laughs> There's a zombie dance number with lyrics. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But I, I just couldn't get into it. And... Ah, uh, I forget. It was on like Prime, like Amazon Prime for a little bit. And I'm like, no, I, I have no desire to see that. But please check out Tales from the Crypt Demon Night if you haven't already. Um, you don't even have to really be uh, knowledgeable on the show in order to get it because it's its own story. And I just think it's great. I still uh, like, obviously, I've watched it recently. It stands up pretty well for a movie that is now. Oh. <sighs> Um, so there's that. But, okay, thank you, Nicole. And this is from Joey. Joey, any new media you've watched during the quarantine that you would recommend? Uh, the big one? 
Thank you, Joey. Uh, the big one has been Lovecraft Country, but um, I think it's something that everybody should see because, yes, it's period. Um, if you uh, are like me and want to like Lovecraft, but find him just to be a bit problematic because of the person he was, then you're not alone. But luckily, it's Lovecraftian only in the type of stories Lovecraft told um, as far as creatures go, but it's still its own universe. I, have, I haven't read the book, but it's a hard watch. It's not an easy watch. It's not a watch that you can just, you know, fuck around while it's on. You have to pay attention. And it is going to bring up emotions that you aren't comfortable with. And then it's on top of like a, oh, shit, that gore. Like, oh, fuck yeah, run, Letty. Like, uh, or just a holy shit moment. There's all of that, but then there's also things that we don't often see, which it's placed in the 50s. Um, and obviously, it's a very easy well to pull from that people in the South is it's still the case now, unfortunately. I'd like to think we're better, and I want us to be better. Um, But typically, whenever people are telling stories in the past about racism, it's usually in the South. Um, So Lovecraft Country uh, is one of, and I'm sure there are examples, uh, other examples of this, uh, you know, don't take my word for it. But in recent memory, uh, this takes place in the Northeast And um, it just shows that it's like there were also problems in the North Um, and just things that you didn't think about because you either didn't want to think about it or because of your privilege and your upbringing, you've never had to worry about these things. That's on top of the horror and the elements of just the horror storytelling. But just in general, some of the stuff that it brings up, you're like, fuck, I've never thought about um, it also deals with traditional gender roles and what's expected of a woman in that time. But then on top of that, being a woman of color, just being a person of color, um, it's a lot. I'm not going to lie. Um, like, I, I've been watching it alone and Steven's like, hey, should I watch that? I'm like, I don't know if you're ready yet. And he's like, whoa, fuck. <laughs> But uh, Lovecraft Country is uh, the biggest one. And then for shits and giggles, I've been a fan of uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved with Ryan Bergara and Shane Madej for a while now. Uh, whenever I made the joke, uh, when we say we're watching the boys, we mean Shane and Ryan. Uh, <laughs> and Shane and Ryan in our house is I'm definitely Shane and Steven is definitely Ryan. Although I think <laughs> he's a lot more collected than Ryan is. But uh, it's a BuzzFeed show on Hulu. And I believe they also have it on Amazon Prime as well as other things. And you can also watch them on YouTube. Um, but uh, it's them talking about the supernatural, like aliens, as well as demons and ghosts. And they own a bridge, uh, if you get that reference great. But uh, they recently branched off on their own to create their own network called Watcher, which uh, we are Watcher or Watcher, I forget. But um, I follow them on YouTube and 
they still do scary stories as well as just random adventures because they also had other sh- uh, shows too. And I think a lot like the Try Guys, um, they just realized that rather than continue to do things for BuzzFeed, they'd created their own brand and went ahead and did it on their own, uh, which I think was a smart move. Um, but <laughs> recently, as of yesterday, they've started telling fan-submitted stories, and they're progressively going to get drunker as they uh, as the episodes go on, and I've been really enjoying that. <laughs> yeah. um, Shane, I, I love way too much. Steven thinks I might have a problem. <sighs> but... Let's see. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, let's see. Someone was asking for my top five. Who was it? It was Brendan. Brendan was asking me for my top fives on media as well, which kind of links into what Joey was saying. Uh, Joey was asking. So for books to read around this time, I'm going to recommend five books, five movies, five shows. So since we talked about shows, Lovecraft Country is definitely on there and BuzzFeed Unsolved. Hey, Crazy Head is also a good one. I think a lot of people slept on it. Uh, It is bananas weird, but it's, I don't really know how to describe it. Check it out. Crazy Head, all one word. Um, Then there's also Penny Dreadful, which I'm conflicted about because... I wanted it to work so much, but the elements that did work make up for what it lacks. So you've got a bit of Dracula, a bit of Dorian Gray, a bit of Frankenstein, as well as his monster, mm, um, or monsters, and uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, <sighs> uh, the traditional werewolf trope, a bunch of stuff, and it all ties together. And it focuses specifically on one woman that just attracts darkness wherever she goes. Uh, I think it's pretty great and pretty gruesome. It does slip up here and there, but I think it's worth a watch. Give it to the end of season, uh, to the beginning of season two. If by the First, by the end of the first episode of season two, you're not in love. I totally understand. But I also don't want to be that fucking asshole that's like, oh, see, you have to watch till the end of like the eighth episode. Then it's going to like totally be worth it. Oh, you have to wait until like season four. Then uh, there's going to be this like hint that happened at the end of season one that you're going to be like, holy shit, it was all worth it. Like, no, I don't. Uh. No, I have some commitment issues. Ask many, many people. I don't want to invest that much into a show. Be good immediately. Damn it. <laughs> but I, I think it's good enough that it'll keep you interested. But it's definitely not for everybody. Maybe I'm just, it's just my goth little heart. I don't know. Uh, I'm not that goth. But then I'm super goth. And then, okay, total shameless plug. But here we go. Parasite the Maxim. It's on Netflix, the dub and the sub. I've said this before. If you don't like a dub, that is fine. But I will say, Kyle Colby Jones, who directed it, cast this shit 
amazingly. And not just me. <laughs> but Adam Gibbs and Brittany Karbowski as Migi and Shinichi, fucking stellar. Amazing. I wish that I had the chance to work with Adam more. Only uh, the last, the only time I physically met him was the end of last year when we did the Laughing Under the Clouds movies, and he played the younger version of Rob McCullum's character from the overall series. He's phenomenal. Um, but in that, he uh, in Parasite, he brought up things just in me. Uh, before he goes through a full change, the storyline with his mother, um, just figuring out who he is with this gift-slash-burden that is Migi. Uh, but uh, for me, um, I had already watched the show in the sub, and then I got cast in the dub, uh, which was a really interesting experience because the men only got aside for Shinichi, and the women only got aside for Migi. And then Kyle cast based off of that. And I was offered the part of Yuko. And I wasn't even told until I got there, they're like, hey, this is going to be on Cartoon Network. And I'm still totally taken aback by that because that was a, that's always been a big deal. As jaded as I... I can be sometimes, uh, having worked as an actor since I was 14 years old. Uh, you know, there are, there are moments when you're like, I'm so glad I didn't give up. I'm so glad I'm still in this. And having people be like, oh, shit, Parasite. Like, that that's a big one for me. Um, because it's a genre that I love. And uh, I got to play uh, a version of myself that's very meek but also still very strong and definitely falls for the wrong guy. So, you know, true to life sometimes. I don't know. Uh, Steven, I'm, I'm not talking about you, obviously. You're you're the exception. You're the exception that proved the rule. <laughs> he just raised his hand like, I'm alive! But I think you should give uh, Parasite a shot. I'm also reading the manga here and there, which, you know, I think that was another reason that the anime shocked the shit out of people is because the manga was kind of old uh by that point you know we we are just overloaded with media that it's easy to just be like oh that's old why do we care about that now it's just bananas but um yes check it out and then movies i'm going to go ahead and say i had asked earlier like what's a favorite halloween movie that um What's a favorite Halloween movie that centers around Halloween that isn't Halloween? And um, there were some great answers. Some people kept saying Nightmare Before Christmas. And I always think of uh, my friend Steve, Steve, uh, going off on this tangent about how Nightmare Before Christmas isn't a fucking Halloween movie. It's a Christmas movie, which I agree. But you know, it starts on Halloween, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, sure. And I mean, anytime you go into Hot Topic or whatever, you're going to hear, this is Halloween, this is Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. So, yeah, you know, I get it. Um, For me, my all-time favorite Halloween movie is Trick or Treat, a movie that came out in 2009. Anna Paquin... 
a whole mess of other people. But the movie's very, very important to me. I just bought um, a 10th anniversary of uh, this book that the director wrote. It works as a retelling of the movie as well as a sequel to the movie. So a bunch of stories. But then there's also Night of the Demons, the 1988 version, the original version. It... (sighs) It uh, it reminds me, honestly, a lot of Return of the Living Dead and also Linnea Quigley, or Lianya, I forget how to say her first name, amazing chick. Uh, she played Trash in Return of the Living Dead. She's also in Night of the Demons. And it's just a fun, funky movie that kind of plays with tropes as well as uh, veers away from them in a lot of respects. And I'm a big sucker for practical effects. It's just fun. Uh, and then, okay, someone mentioned this earlier, and I actually, there's, it's a soft spot for it, but Ernest Scared Stupid. Don't laugh. Stop laughing. It's a good one. You guys, Eartha Kitt. Just Jim Varney being the most Jim Varney he can Jim Varney. (laughs) And I... I remember as a kid kind of being like, oh, my God, like the lead kid that we're supposed to focus on. (gasps) But then I cried because it, uh, Ernest's dog (laughs) gets affected and I like cried. Oh, my God. And Ernest is scared pretty fucking stupid. Then there is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which I let have a pass as not a Halloween, not in the Halloween franchise. Because initially, what was going to happen in the Halloween franchise, after they realized they had a franchise, was every movie was going to be with Halloween as the centerpiece of the film, as in the actual holiday, but not be about Michael Myers not realizing that Halloween, the Halloween series, is about Michael Myers. It's kind of like, it's always odd when people don't, like, producers don't know what they have, or production companies don't know what they have. Like, uh, I think a big reason that the Aliens movies, after two, or you could argue for three, depending on how drunk you are, uh, the reason these movies don't work so well or resurrection, you can also include resurrection. It depends on again how drunk or high you are. Um, is because even though it centers around the alien, uh, or uh, it's about the alien, it's about Ellen Ripley. That's why the franchise worked. Sigourney fucking Weaver, Predator. Oh, Predator was so good. Let's do a sequel. It's because of Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's why. <laughs> That is why. Um, So they didn't realize that, oh, blah, blah, blah. So I think a lot of people, especially horror dorks like myself, sometimes Halloween 3 is a big divider. Uh, I love it. There was a time when I didn't like Michael Myers, the Michael Myers movies at all. But I love them all now. I appreciate them more. Age is a thing. And also just realizing really what it took to get those movies made, specifically the first one, to get that movie fucking made, the first Halloween, is insane. Um, And you just got to respect it. I really love the 2018 one um, for a whole mess of other reasons. But three, it 
is just batshit bananas. I love the soundtrack, uh, the practical effects, as well as what they were doing, I guess, digitally. Is, will we call that still digitally? Uh, in, like, the 80s? But it, it also had just some great horror staples that we knew, um, as well as just plays with what Sawin, uh, some people say Sam Hain, it's Sawin, what Sawin is and what it represents. Um, I love that stuff. And then my last, uh, Halloween movie is a movie that I just love with all my heart, and that's Ginger Snaps. I also like Ginger Snaps Back and Ginger Snaps 3, which I think it's like, I forget what it... Oh, no. Ginger Snaps 2 and Ginger Snaps 3. I forget what the fucking, like, undertitle, the subtitle, subtitle, I don't know, uh, other thing is. But I love that it's focusing on two sisters. Uh, They're also Canadian. Who doesn't love a Canadian werewolf? Uh, Don't answer that. That's a trick question. Everybody loves a Canadian werewolf. You can quote me on that. Um... But I, I just love the fl- the film so much. Uh, it's it's actually aged pretty well. A lot of people compare it to Jennifer's Body. Um, and there are similarities. Also, Jennifer's bar- Body, totally side note. Y'all need to chill with your hate on Megan Fox if you're still on that bandwagon. Uh, it's phenomenal. And I actually just really love that movie. But um, watch, make it a double feature. Ginger Snaps, then Jennifer's Body. So good. Who doesn't love a succubus story? Werewolf succubus night. Let's go. Woo! Um, so we've covered shows. We've covered movies. And now to the books. The books. I don't know why I said it that way. Oh, I do. The beer. Hi. Anyways. Um, I think it's been firmly established by now that I really love Neil Gaiman. Um... I, I do. So the first book recommendation is The Graveyard Book. Uh, it's an, a funky retelling of The Jungle Book, basically. But instead of, you know, living in a jungle, it's a kid growing up in a graveyard, being raised by what may or may not be a vampire. Uh, Silas is always very subtle, uh, and Neil's very, very subtle in what uh, Silas actually is, but, like, I think we're all kind of like, yeah, Silas is clearly a vampire, right? I mean, he can hypnotize people and blah, 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 but I've cried reading that book. Uh, the audiobook read by Neil Gaiman is also phenomenal. Please check it out. And then on top of that, let's see. The Zombie Survival Guide by Max Brooks. Uh, it's an older book. I say an older book, which seems so stupid. It's not that old, but I think it came out in, what? Maybe it come out in, like, 2005? 2004, 2005? I am the geek that has a signed copy. I went to Max Brooks's Zombie Survival 101 seminar. <laughs> um, it's a fun book that doesn't take itself too seriously, but Max also has other books. Uh, Max is the son of Mel Brooks. Pardon me. That's my uh, director's chair getting all funky. Uh, uh, Max is incredibly well-read, but also very thorough 
in just, uh, there's some very practical advice in this book as well. And I just think you guys would love it. Uh, it's kind of like worst case scenario on acid to me. Uh, and then there's, um, let's go for a graphic novel. Uh, it came out last year and it's by Rainbow Rowell, who wrote one of my favorite YA books, uh, Eleanor and Park. It's called Pumpkin Heads. It's about two best friends that work in a pumpkin patch every year. And it's, so cute. Uh, I just, I love the art style and Rainbow's got such witty humor. Rainbow also writes for Runaways a lot. And, um, another book that she, uh, wrote that I really love is Fangirl and the manga for Fangirl is about to come out, which I can't wait for. But let's see what else. Then, uh, there is The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein by Kirsten White. This Kirsten White is hit or miss for me sometimes, but that's with any author, including myself. I'm like, ooh, Terry, this was not what you thought it was. <laughs> but um, she does a really good job here playing with a different version of the classic Frankenstein, uh, Victor Frankenstein story, as well as the monster that Victor creates. Because we're getting it from a stronger version of Elizabeth, who, I mean, in even, what was it, Danny Boyle's uh, Frankenstein, where he had Johnny Lee Miller and Benedict Cumberbatch switching roles depending on the performance, Elizabeth, even then, who was played by a phenomenal actress whose name I've forgotten currently, uh, definitely uh, very, like, goes from this complex, you know, woman that's just trying to understand her intended slash her husband later on in the book, but definitely very quickly becomes the, what was it? The woman in the fridge trope where Elizabeth is just there to be another motivation. And this book, The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein, tears that back and shows how complex it is to try to view someone that you find so fascinating, someone like Victor Frankenstein, and gives Victor a the darker tone that I think he deserves. Uh, you might enjoy it, you might not, and you might be like, no more recommendations from Terry, but that's it. And then my last one is My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. This book hits so many check marks for me because it's a nostalgia bomb. It's uh it plays with just what it means to be a friend and what you're willing to do for your friend, but also is so syrupy sweet in uh the nostalgia and the 80s. Uh the initial book that I got looks like a yearbook photo. Um, a yearbook page, but then uh, the paperback uh, looks like an old VHS, you know, those old school 80s VHS. It uh, It's really hard to describe, and I've read other books by Grady. It, it just touched me, uh, and it's very disturbing in some, uh, in a lot of ways, because it's about a friend slowly getting possessed, and it's about that uh, that possessed person's friend watching this happen and not knowing what to do about it. And basically them taking it upon themselves to save their friend's soul. Uh, 
yeah, check it out. Check all of those out. Get back to me if you read them. And if you have recommendations, hey, Twitter, Instagram, I just hit the microphone. Sorry, Stephen. TikTok, send me recommendations. I will read them. I will review them mostly nicely, even if I don't like them. Hmm. Steven, how we doing? Oh, Willow just popped in, guys. It is such a phenomenal time as far as like, hey, it's October. Maybe we should like calm down. But then you also think about all the other crap going on. And you're like, no, I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on this. I want to be able to escape into a book, into a movie, into a television show. And I guess for like, I was having this like kind of complaint with a friend of mine. And then a third person who neither of us knew, uh, like my friend and I were social distancing, this fucking rando was like, you can go places. Okay. Oh my God. Like, I can doesn't mean I should. Okay. Obviously, we talked about this earlier. Class, we discussed this earlier, but uh, I, I couldn't bring myself to risk my own grandmother's memorial. So I really don't think that I've got it in me to be like, yeah, but <laughs> concert. I... It was at the very, very beginning when I tried to renew my driver's license and everybody was huddled together. And it was like the beginning of a, you know, I mean, I, I've i done essays. I did essays in colleges, uh, in colleges. I did essays in college about, you know, zombies. And even my English teacher was like, you had me going there for a bit. <laughs> so to like see all the stuff that was kind of happening and then be huddled together with all these people, like, I, oh, oh my OCD. Uh, and then just, in general, the feeling of dread. Uh, they're like, oh, oh, uh, we should all huddle together. I'm like, maybe, maybe we should all, I forget who it was, this woman, like, was getting really close. I'm like, ah, I don't know about this. And she's like, oh, my God, it's not that big a deal. Like, I, I hope that woman saw reason later. But... I do hope, as I've said before, you know, it's about the small bits of light that darkness provides. Try to focus on those, make them just a little bit brighter. But I know how fucking difficult it is, guys. It is by no means easy. And there was a quote from Jim Carrey, who is a very astute educated man. I think a lot of us are like, oh, Jim Carrey, you know, the all righty then and all that stuff. But he's actually incredibly complicated and complex. And uh, like watching the the documentary, the Jim and Andy thing, just really drove that home. But there was a, there's a friend of mine that's been going through a rough time. And they feel bad that they're going through a rough time because they're like, I have to remember that I'm lucky because my job wasn't affected and because, you know, 
I'm not sick, and the way that I operate, I don't have to worry about that, and -and so-and-so doesn't have to worry about that. I don't have a right to complain. But you see, it takes nothing to see that they just don't feel good. And owning up to it goes a long way sometimes, more often than not. But there was a Jim Carrey quote, which I'm going to butcher right now, where he said, people often confuse sadness and depression, where sadness is often controlled by external circumstance, and depression is your body saying, I'm tired. So there's sadness, which can go away over time, and then there's depression, deep rest. Your body requires deep rest. So... As lighthearted as I've tried to be about talking about, hey, here's some movies to watch, some books to read, blah, blah, blah. You know, if your hobbies or your go-tos for de-stressing aren't working, please don't be too hard on yourself. It is a very complicated time right now, and no one has an answer, a full answer. You just need to do what's right for you, and you need to be vocal about it because everybody's going through stuff right now so you uh nobody's a mind reader try to be as vocal as you can there was a a video that i saw earlier today of this hairstylist that was just trying to color this woman's hair and she was talking to uh this woman being like well my assistant's going to take over uh and, um, you know, then I can move, I, I can work on this while my assistant handles the rest of your coloring. And the woman uh, saw that the assistant was the Tina. And it's like, she's not touching my hair. I came here to see you. And it, <laughs> I'm like, why am I watching this? Because I don't want to see these videos. But it, ven- it eventually boiled down to, uh, you know, the the hairstylist being like, well, well, uh, you know, you just need to calm down. It's really not that big a deal. I trust this woman. I work with her all the time. Just, you know, I think you're making a mountain out of a molehill. Like, don't don't make it a thing. And the woman made it a thing and basically said, well, I'm the customer and I'm always right. And like, well, no, I'm the woman, <laughs> you know, the hairstylist very politely, much more politely than I would have done. Is like, well, no, I'm a, a woman trying to run a business and I just need you to respect the people that work with me and otherwise you know uh we can reschedule (laughs) or um said something otherwise and the woman was like i will leave and the hairstylist was like you're gonna leave when i've already got product in your hair uh it's like yeah i will i'm like okay Uh, she said some more stuff and the hairstylist finally went okay fine go and the woman was like wait what and it eventually got to the point where the woman raised her fist and the hairstylist backed away like, oh my God, are you serious? Did you almost hit me? What are you doing? And eventually the woman is like, look, I'm having a very rough time right now. And it's the whole, like, that is not an excuse. That would never be an excuse, but that sure as hell is not an excuse now. We're all going through a lot. That does not mean you get to act like a fucking bitch. I know, as a professional bitch, that if you're going to do it, you got to be certified. 
I mean, there, there are night classes that I had to take, certifications out the fucking wazoo, I swear to God, but it was worth it because now I've got that notary stamp. What? <laughs> what I'm basically saying is, I hope that you find a way to find, how is it, I, I, I'm so hesitant to say, like, find your joy, because it's such, it's accurate, and I definitely do say it, like, this sparks joy, this makes me happy, like, fucking hell, like, I'm like, hey, this Sam, uh, I collect pops, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that before, I've got, like, over 60, and it's growing, (laughs) um, but I got a trick-or-treat. I've got the original Sam from Trick-or-Treat Funko Pop, and there's a Sam Deluxe that I got myself. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's pandemic. And, you know, uh, so many of my friends are struggling, but I'm like, I would really like to get myself just a little stupid little thing that I can look at and be like, it's pretty. (laughs) Even if it is this, like, gothic little boy that's, like, an incarnation of Samhain. Let's do it. Um, But uh, a big thing that's been happening is talking to friends in uh, more honest ways and talking to my husband, like, in ways that, you know, you get busy. And on the 26th, it'll be 14 years since we started dating. And... uh, Sometimes um, people are like, oh, my God can't believe that you've been together for so long. Oh my God, you guys make it look so easy. It ain't easy. And in fact, I think the the longer that you're with somebody, the harder it is not to get comfortable and in turn get complacent because you're accustomed to a routine and you start taking advantage uh, of things that you used to hold, like you used to hold in such a precious way. So, uh, you find you find yourself inadvertently, or sometimes advertently for some people, but for me, inadvertently taking that relationship for granted. And a big thing with the, this has been having more open, honest communication and just being like, hey, I feel like shit. And it's not his job or my job to necessarily fix it, but to just hear one another. Be like, I'm sorry. Is there something I could do? Or would you like to talk about it? Or sometimes just saying, yeah. I love having this relationship and I feel so fucking lucky every day but halloween in october is probably like our version of christmas and i know so many other people that can say that too but it definitely has a different vibe to it as it should because you know there will be no parties there will be no handing out candy there will be no I mean, for me, I don't see a point in decorating the outside, but some of my neighbors, I'm like, Jesus, you guys make that look so much fun. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, but then it looks like people can go to your house and get candy. Then, ah, shit, it does. (laughs) 
no, like, we'll, we'll like, we'll just, we'll put a bowl out. I'm like, You're going to put a communal bowl out? I'm like, ah, damn it. I did not think this through. <laughs> I, want, I want there to be like a, a vending machine or like a, a conveyor belt where I just put a little batch out. But then I don't know how to do that because I'm not Wayne Zielinski from Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. Uh, I'm not clever is what I'm saying. But, uh, you know, watch a horror movie. Uh, watch something that's completely G or heavily rated R. Um, watch Tales from the Crypt with me. Uh, you know, do something that puts you in the spirit only if you're feeling up to it. And if you're not, that's okay, too. I really love you guys, and I, I'm not tired of saying it, even if you're sick of hearing it. I really, really do. And if you're listening to this, know that I'm thinking about you, uh, whether you like it or not. So suck it up. Accept it. <laughs> happy Halloween. Happy October. And I hope you're doing well. Bye.